welcome to the first episode of Eat, Sleep, Lift, Repeat. Um, I'm your host, Charlotte Mitchell, and you might think that this is just going to be a fitness podcast. And the reason I chose Eat, Sleep, Lift, Repeat is it encompasses your food, so nutrition, um, sleeping for me is lifestyle, and then lifting is my form of exercise. So I chose that name, Eat, Sleep, Lift, Repeat, and we just keep doing those things over and over and over again. Um, So what I'm going to do first off is I wanted to chat to you and introduce you to who I am. So where I've come from, sort of my motivations and what's happened to me over my life to bring me to this day where I am presenting a podcast. And I'm really excited about this. It's very scary. It's a brand new thing to be um, to be presenting to you today. And I hope that you get value from it. Um, so here goes. So I was born in 1983. So I'm 38. Um, Pisces, for any of you that are interested. Um... But yeah, so I've been on this planet for what feels like a long time. 1983 seems like a really long time ago. How the hell did that ever happen? But anyway, um, and I had a normal, I would say like a normal childhood. Um, it was normal family unit, mum, dad, brother. Um, But the one thing that always happened, sort of to me, growing up, was um, bullying through school. That was a massive, massive thing for me. Um, When I was uh, 10 or 11, we moved out to America. We lived there for a couple of years. And then we moved back. And it wasn't the easiest transition. I am highly introverted as a person. Um, I find new situations really hard um, and yeah um, we moved cultures which was difficult um, I remember like it was a few days into being into the new school and my mum got a phone call saying that I wasn't settling very well and I wasn't very loud and talking and obviously we just moved culture so it was just a real real shell shock to me and actually made me go more inside myself as a person and anyone that knows me knows that I'm I can be quite loud at times now but only in the situations that I feel comfortable with um if you put me in a situation I'm not comfortable with then I'm pretty likely to grow very quiet to want to sit in the corner and not have much to say about anything um I'm quite happy sort of sitting with my own thoughts um so yeah it's a it's a real hard thing sort of moving moving cultures um and I found it very hard to make friends um I always found that sort of in school really really difficult to um to make friends and to build relationships in that respect with people and I was um like I said, I was bullied. When we came back from America, I went into a new school 
and I really didn't fit in. I'd gone in sort of um, at a point where they'd all gone through primary school together and come into secondary school and I just got dumped in a couple of years into secondary school and like they all had their little groups, they were all together and I didn't fit in. And so I pretty quickly got um, got picked on. Um, I had really bad skin as well, always growing up. Really, really horrendous skin. Um, and that's a really hard thing to deal with when outwardly you're really introverted and then have on that outside something that just is so visible. Um, and I remember I used to get called the toxic crusader um, growing up by older kids and I very quickly learned how to toughen up and to just try to not let their opinions um, get to me but there's only so much you can do with that um, it always eats away at you to an extent you know being called names and children are cruel um, just being called names and picked on and it's constant and you just feel like you can't get away with it or away from it and um, it makes you more introverted as a person so you go more inside yourself and it took me quite a few years to sort of settle into be at school and um, being in a new school and finally sort of started to make some friends um, and you know growing up and you you sort of get to know who you are a little bit more and life gets a bit easier um stayed at the same school sort of going through a levels and then moved on to go to university i studied um equine business management so that's horses and a bit of business management and i literally i did it just as something to do basically nobody in our in our family had ever gone to university so I just did it for something to do and in hindsight I would never have done it knowing what I know now but you don't know that at the time and what's that saying like hindsight's 2020 um at the time you think it's the right you know the right thing to do so you go ahead and you do it um and I basically again found it very hard to make friends it took quite a few months for me to settle into living in halls and just getting used to feeding myself and cooking for myself and you know you can go out and you can buy as much alcohol as you want so we all went a bit crazy um and that's a running theme sort of through my life is alcohol and using that as a bit of a, a crutch which we'll go into in a bit um but yeah, uni was okay. I spent a lot of time sleeping, partying, and um, a little bit of studying here and there. Um, and it was, you know, it was a good experience. I did make new friends um, and just sort of got thrown into life, really. Um, I stayed at uni. It was a three-year course. Stayed there, did it. Got a two, a two-two, I think. I didn't really study. I don't. I never really did that much work. I always did just what was necessary um, because my motivations weren't really there to do it. I was just doing it because it was kind of the expected thing that you did after school. You go to 
you go to university and you get a degree and then you go out and you go to work and then you meet someone and then you get married and then you have kids and then you work and then you retire and then you die and that's kind of that's kind of what life milestones are like um and i very quickly have learned to sort of rebel against those lifestyle um those those milestones that have come through so um i did uni i went in and worked in an office i started in finance and i was basically sort of training to be an accountant because it's just what i fell into i fell into a job that it was easy i got the job um i hated every second of it and when i was 23 in 2005 my best friend from uni she was on her way to dinner at our house i was with my boyfriend well, i was with my fiance at the time um and she had a car crash about a mile down the road um and she never used to wear a seatbelt, and she went out the windscreen and i'll never forget that day um i remember watching some ambulances and fire brigade and police just going hell for leather down the road past our house and i remember phoning um i phoned her boyfriend to say that there'd been a crash or something had happened at the end of the road and he picked the phone up and he said yeah we were in it and she's in a pretty bad way um and we drove down down there and she was in the middle of the road um somebody else in the other car had been killed outright um and she was she was the other person in a bad way um she was still alive at that point but sort of knowing the next day that it was only her body that was still alive her brain had gone at that point um it just took a couple of days for her body to catch up um and so she went to intensive care we found the hospital that she was in the next day and went and saw her and saw her family um and she died later that day um or her body did anyway and that was a real shock to life at 23 sort of realizing this could happen and i was um i was engaged at this point i was with somebody and it was always that natural progression you know you're with somebody for a few years and people say to you okay you've been together for like two or three years you know when are you going to get married and so you kind of he asked and i was like okay this is this is how life's supposed to go isn't it so he said yes and then people started saying you know when are you going to have kids and for me like at 23 i was like massive alarm bells started going off and so when ellie died um i basically ran a mile from my life i quit my job um i bailed out of the relationship which was the right thing to do but it was still you know it was still hard to do that to that person um and i went and got a job on a yard uh it was a live-in job i lived on my own um i had my little dog with me and i basically drank and drank and drank like crazy whilst i was working that job um i had huge amounts of guilt i'd phoned to cancel on ellie before she'd um before they'd driven over i phoned to cancel on her that evening for coming over for dinner and she didn't pick the phone up 
And when she did pick the phone up, they were on their way. And I said, no, it's fine, just come on over. And obviously, um, I suffered with that guilt, the fact I blamed myself that I could have, I could have said, don't come. Um, and would that have meant that she would have still been alive? You know, you just can't, it's so hard because you can't look back like that. But equally, you've got no choice but to look back like that and question your decisions and question your decision-making ability and how, you know, how ethical it was to sort of say, you know, come on over anyway, even though I didn't want her to at that point. And you just, all of those things go through your head. And so she, yeah, I suffered with that. Huge amounts of guilt for a very long time. Um, and it's actually taken me years to get over that. Um, so I stayed in that job for about six months and it was hard. You know, I went straight into a really hard um, working environment, physically hard. I wasn't fit at that point for the work, but you know, it, the work to me was a form of punishment. I worked harder and harder and harder to punish myself for the guilt that I was feeling, um, for the levels that I was drinking, um, and just to get through each day. Um, and then sort of I'd had enough sort of working on that that yard. I'd started looking after her children more than the horses, so I found another job. Um, not too far away, get another living position and started working there. And there I met the person that would become my next fiance. Sounds bad, doesn't it? Um, but again, it's those natural progressions of relationships that people just think are going to happen. Um, and so you go with the flow. Um, and I met him in that job. And we spent a few years together, and whilst we were together, he um, he nearly died of an aortic dissection. Um, and at that point, you know, he said he was very scared. I was very scared. Again, you're getting throwbacks into all the other things of you know Ellie dying and stuff like that. And um, he he asked if I wanted to marry him, and I was like, yeah, okay. Um, you know, he was in hospital at the time and it was, um, it, you kind of, you're, it's in a very emotional state and you're very vulnerable and the other person is very vulnerable. And at that point he only had a 20% chance of survival. Um, so it seemed like the right thing to do. Um, and then about, must have been about a year and a half later, it was 2010, he had another um, another dissection, essentially a heart attack, and he died very quickly. Um, and it was just possibly one of the most traumatic experiences of my life, again. Um, and so sudden, you know, here one minute and then gone the next. And um, it brought up, it brought up everything again from from Ellie dying and the guilt of that to then um, to then David dying and um, trying to process how and why somebody at twenty eight can just be gone, like literally here one day and then you click your fingers and then they're gone the next. Um, 
and, and you can't process it. You can't. You try to process it, but it's incredibly, it's incredibly difficult. And somebody, um, I read something the other day which really described it well. And it was basically that it's like breaking your leg, and your leg gets put back together, but it's never quite the same. Um, and you know, it always it always hurts when it's cold and. You know, when you dance, you've got a bit of a limp, but you learn to just dance with the limp. And it's kind of the same when people go from your life like that, when they're suddenly ripped out of your life. And you you have to assimilate that level of grief and the feelings of just not knowing why. Um, and try and learn to assimilate it into your daily life and just learn that it's part of you now and it really can be what formulates some of the decisions that you make now on a daily basis. Um, so I became very, very, very impulsive, um, tended not to want to wait for anything. I also went off the rails again heavily. Um, I was partying a lot, so I was going out on a I'd go out on a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night, and bear in mind I was working in a half, five and a half day week. I had my own business um, with horses again. I had a 20 stable yard. I was teaching. Um, and you just, I imploded. I was drinking again heavily every night. And that for me is a theme of a coping mechanism. When I emotionally can't cope with a situation, I will bury those emotions I will numb them um, within alcohol it's the easiest way for me to numb them and so that's what I did I just don't come out of that numbed state just drink 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 um, and that sort of keeps everything at bay um, doesn't make it go away let me tell you but it keeps it at bay um, <coughs> and so um, that you know that happened and I eventually again I pretty much imploded and ran away from that life I'd had enough of working on the yard and how horrible everything had been and I just I ran away out of another relationship that wasn't a good relationship anyway um, it was very sort of emotionally abusive and I'd had enough of it and I pretty much made myself homeless overnight um, and a really lovely dear friend took me in and I lived with them for a year um, whilst I sort of picked myself back up together and then got a house and um, spent a long time on my own and again another long period of time um, drinking really heavily um, through, through that period um, I would come home and just drink until I fell asleep um, most nights um, and I was dealing with trauma trauma of years and years and years of trauma and then finally being on my own and not being in a relationship I bounced from relationship to relationship from 18 until about 33 never having dealt with any of the trauma that had happened and I was finally on my own um, and eventually I sort of said enough's enough and I, in 2017, I had a year off drinking from the May bank holiday 
until about the June of the 2018. I stopped, I had to, and that brought every single emotion to the surface. Um, and had to learn how to deal with the pain and trauma and grief. Um, learn how to be alone with myself, with my own thoughts, to be comfortable with who I am. Um, and to learn to like myself, then learn to love myself, and then learn to appreciate myself. And that is a long, long, long journey. Um, trying to learn to do that. Um, and then I'm still working with horses at this point, but I always say sort of, when you stop drinking, you tend to get a really massive sweet tooth. Um, I lost a lot of weight but I was still, I was really, really pretty overweight at this point. Um, I'd come out of a physical job where I could pretty much eat anything I wanted. And trust me, I really like food. Um, so I ate everything I wanted when I came out of the physical job. And obviously the weight just piles on. Um, when you do that, it's the only thing that can happen is weight's going to pile on. Um, so I sort of started doing... Um, YouTube workouts at this point and taking my health like more seriously but the way I did that and I didn't realize at the time that this was the wrong thing to do um, I sort of cut my calories really drastically I really really scaled right back um, to the point that I was sort of having like a smoothie for breakfast, a few nuts and seeds in the middle of the day, and then a dinner. And I lost a huge amount of weight, but I was pretty much straight up and down. I was beanpole, um, because I was consuming probably about 1300 calories a day. Um, trying, I was doing um, HIIT training as well, quite a few days of the week. So I wasn't doing any strength training, I was just HIIT training. Um, thinking that that was the right thing to do at that point and yeah real real beanpole but I thought that that was amazing and how I should look until I pretty much lost my period because I'd fried my hormones I fried my central nervous system and I put myself into a massive debt that I energy debt that I owed to myself um and my body started to shut down. And when that started to happen, I got a bit scared. Um, so I realized that maybe I was doing the wrong thing. So I started to look into things a little bit more. And then um, I thought of thought maybe I should do my personal training qualifications. And I've coached all my life. I've been coaching for 20 years. I've just been coaching with um, riders with the horses. Um, I have got a very good eye for coaching, building relationships, you know, I've taught most of my clients for years upon years upon years, um, and I get a huge amount of pleasure out of helping them achieve their goals, and as I took on my own health and fitness journey, they'd also started to ask me a lot of questions in regard to like, you know, how can I get fitter, how can I lose more weight? because I'd already gone on this journey. So it was sort of a natural progression to go and do 
um, PT qualifications. So I went and did them and realised they're really quite an easy qualification to get. Out, coming sort of out of an industry which is highly regulated, um, very hard to get qualified um, to take on professional qualifications. It, this was a weird industry to come into where they sort of give out the qualifications so easily and then you're left on your own to go and coach people and I found that really a little bit wrong um, and scary and I take my education where that's concerned really seriously so I've since then sort of read and done as much as I can to keep bettering that knowledge uh, regardless of the fact that the industry says that you've got your qualification and I really pride myself in doing that um, but yeah, so I got qualified and then obviously last year, uh, COVID hit. Um, so I decided having sort of coached for so long anyway, um, and I know how good I am as a coach and how good I am at getting results for people. I took my business online started to do a little bit here and there and then towards the end of the year sort of started to push it a little bit more and then in January of this year I sort of made it a lot more serious um, and sort of worked started working with my business mentor and just developing the business and throughout it all I've always attracted even through coaching generally with the horses as well I attract normally the same kind of person um, and it's it's often around the late 30s to early 40s and beyond female um, and where definitely where the online training is concerned all of them are normally in some kind of menopausal journey so where that is I sort of made the decision right back in June of this year that I now specifically coach that that kind of person um, because that's the kind of person I've always attracted so why not sort of put everything out that I do towards that kind of person um, so that's where I am today um, that's the those are the people that I aim towards um, and I still do in-person coaching with the horses. Um, I still enjoy it. I still, I still gain a lot from it. Um, I love the the one-to-one contact and um, watching them progress. These are people that go from everything from grassroots levels up to more advanced levels and seeing them go out and achieve their dreams through coaching is is pretty phenomenal really um anybody who's a coach who's listening to this will understand what it's like when you can help people to help people to achieve their dreams um and see them flourish as a person is is pretty phenomenal and now all of that energy is becoming more channeled into helping helping women um, deal with 
feeling like they're losing themselves and the journey in their life that has got them to where they are now where they feel like they're not them anymore and helping them regain who they are and who they want to be whilst hopefully imparting some of uh, the mindset I've learned to have over the years through through the trauma and um, the oh the grief um, I hope that I keep imparting that onto them to help them and I've probably missed out like tons of stuff about my life <laughs> but that's the as the general nutshell anyway as to like who I am and a lot of people won't know any of any of what I've said because obviously I'm still I'm very um still very private as a person still very introverted about things um still don't want to necessarily let people in to sort of see what what life's about um and what's what sort of happened over the years but this is this is sort of my way I do this on Instagram as well I use Instagram like a little bit as a way of like journaling um and this is going to be sort of another form of that it's just talking to you about how I think as well and how I've dealt with situations alongside um hopefully having some really exciting guests on and we can like talk about uh lots of different subjects um which I'm really really excited about and I'm hoping that you will come along on the journey with me um it's a pretty scary one doing this putting yourself out there to whoever might actually just sit there and listen um so yeah that's my life but if you want to find me um you can find me on instagram i'm at charlotte mitchell coaching um if you do listen to this podcast it would be amazing if you could share it to your story share it on social media tag me in it so i can see it i really really appreciate anybody that um shares anything i do and pops a little tag on there because then I can see it and then I can actually thank you for sharing stuff um I get so many dms um messages emails every day but I endeavor to reply to everybody um and it's me that's replying to you so yeah if you if you do share this I would be eternally grateful um and I will be dropping a new one at you again next week Take care and I will catch you later.